Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back. Maggie and Perloff, Dallas Cowboys, Pro Bowl running back Tony Pollard joins us on the set. On behalf of Ascent, which we'll get to in just a moment, we were just talking a little off air. We asked if you were watching the playoffs, if you are going to watch the Super Bowl, and you said you have not watched a snap since your last game, the mm-hmm. early wild card exit against the Packers, why not? Um, I just feel like the, the way that we lost, uh, it was it was out of our character. So to finish the season on that note, that's that's a tough note to to wrap the season up when you know that you're much better than what you put out. So I just I couldn't watch it like it wasn't. I don't want to take you back to that painful spot, but I mean walking back into the locker room after that. You guys were, you know, a big favorite playing at home against Green Bay. You're walking back into the locker room. You're a free agent now. That mm-hmm. might have been the last time. What was the atmosphere? Do you remember what guys were saying to each other or what it was like? I mean, it was tough. Um, it's what you would expect for, you know, go big or go home type game. Like, that was all. That was all. And that was the end of our season. So, yeah, it was tough. But, uh, yeah. I know it just happened, but you look back, the regular season, everything was going right. You know, it's a couple of years now. What is, what's happening in the playoffs to the team? Why do you think that some of it's not carrying over and maybe not having your best game in the postseason? Honestly, I can't even I, – I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, I wish I knew. Yeah. I wish I knew what to tell you, but um, I don't know what it is. Tony Pollard joining us on behalf of Ascent. Of course, Dallas Cowboys running back. I imagine Jerry Jones, you know, he talks to the media a lot. I'm sure he's very involved as the general manager of the team day-to-day with Mm -hmm. the players. What's your relationship like with Jerry? Um, I mean, Jerry has a good relationship with all the players for the most part. Um, Every once in a while, he'll pop in. It's not often that you see him around the building, but every once in a while, you may see him at a practice or you just may see the helicopter drop onto the field. <laughs> you hear the <laughs> chopper, like, oh, that's Jerry. That's him, yeah. <laughs> How about Steven? Is he uh, around more than Jerry, or are they often together? or? Uh... Um, they're together a lot, but he's still around a little bit more than yeah. Jerry. Uh, Dak Prescott, we were talking about the, the role of the media. seems like he gets, in my opinion, gets a, a lot of criticism, even when he plays well. Mm-hmm. What's your read on how Dak Prescott is covered? Um. I mean, I feel like Dak Prescott had a, a great year, but once you're a cowboy, you, you got to know what comes with it. Um, the highs and the lows are going to be times, too. So if you have a good game, 
they're going to pat you on the back and say you should be MVP. You have a bad game. They may tell you you shouldn't be in the league. So you just got to know to to block block all the noise out and just and just stay neutral and stay positive and, and just keep grinding. Ascent is why you're here. You partner with them. It's a protein company. You've got a little bit here right on our app, uh, right on our set. Why you know you're an athlete. What you put in your body is everything. everything. Why was this product right for you? Um. It was right for me just because, you know, everything that they offered. Uh, my team up with Ascent Spring 2023. Um, they have a lot of different protein powders. They have post-workout protein, pre-workout proteins. They have plant-based proteins they, um, you can use. And, you know, they, they take their time and their due diligence in, in making sure all the ingredients are things mm. that are approved by the league so you don't have to worry about getting busted for a drug test or something that you never knew about, <laughs> you know, so. So, Tony, let me ask a question. Philadelphia, it's not that bad, right? The fans are not that bad. That whole storyline is overrated, right? Believe the hype. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst you ever got from an Eagles fan? Oh, man, I don't even – it's all type of crazy stuff they say. Like, <laughs> Can you hear beyond, that? Beyond, like, the curse words, yeah. is, it, is it more creative than that, or is it just – Man, it's, it gets personal. They may talk about kids. They may talk about – Mom, dad, they may talk about siblings. They research teammates. your family. Yeah, they'll do all that. And you can hear all that clearly? Like before the game, warming up when we're out there on the field and, and you can hear the fans, yeah, definitely. But like when the game gets going, you can't really hear much unless you're on the sideline and somebody's right behind you talking. Is there it any? wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. I want to be clear. I'm an Eagles sure. fan. I didn't say anything. Wait, are, is there any other stadium that rivals that where you're getting that kind of trash talk where it feels that personal? Pretty much all our division games. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say New York. You play New York, it's the same. You play Washington, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Well, do the Dallas fans give it to the division rivals as much as the division rivals give it to the Dallas fans? Like, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but I always see, like, a lot of fights and videos <laughs> of fights oh, after the game. So I don't know if, if who's winning. I don't know who's standing on business yeah. or what. That's usually Eagles fans' fault. <laughs> I admit it. I know. At least you can take accountability but for that. you know what? If you want to join Callum Moore, I, I'll, I'll make the end. Tony, <laughs> trust me, we'll say nice things then. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Pollard, on behalf of Ascent, thank you so much, and good luck this offseason in whatever direction it goes. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Tony Pollard, not the only Dallas Cowboys running back that we spoke to on mm. Radio Row, Perloff, Emmett Smith, and this uh, interview is getting a lot of attention, and I understand why, because Emmett Smith, the legendary Dallas Cowboys running back, was a guest on our show yep. uh, earlier today. The entire interview ran. We're going to play you a couple cuts of some of the things that Emmett said because he did not hold back. The frustration that he has with the Dallas Cowboys now, um, not just how they lost to the Packers, we found out. This frustration goes all the way back to the Dallas Cowboys win over the Detroit yep. Lions, which he thought was a very poorly played, uh, poor game plan, poor execution, and poor game management, clock management, everything. So let's hear a little of Emmett Smith, who joined us again earlier today. Um, Mike McCarthy, well, let's put it this way. Emmett is not a fan. Our team just seem, seems to be lost. I mean, I, I just I cannot put my finger on why it looks so, so bad. So if that's the case, why is Dallas bringing back Mike McCarthy next year? Because I'm not a GM. That was wow. Emmett Smith. 
And he doubled down on that later. He did not think that, you know, Mike McCarthy, especially going back to that Lions game, basically could have handed that game to the Detroit Lions. And it will always be remembered for Dan Campbell's end of game screw ups for, you know, the offensive linemen reporting Mm -hmm. eligible and the referees not seeing it or whatever happened. But he went through play by play of how the Cowboys could have lost that game and probably should have. You know, you, we do multiverse of Maggie and Pearl. <laughs> yeah. What if Detroit had won that game? The Cowboys had been eleven and six instead of twelve and five. Maybe they fired McCarthy then. Mm. Uh, it's interesting with the impact of that game because that would you're exactly right. It would have been the Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott screwed up the clock game. Well, speaking of Prescott. Emmett Smith not sparing the Cowboys quarterback either. Talked about Dak Prescott and why he has played poorly in big games. Here's what Emmett Smith said. Guess what? We throw the ball three straight times. How smart is that? That is absolutely hideous. All you have to do is just run the rock or take a knee. I don't care. But then <laughs> when you throw the ball the third time and the quarterback throw the ball out of bounds, to stop the clock. He doesn't even take a sack. So that says to me, either he was not prepared properly or he forgot he was playing the game. I mean, not prepared or forgot he was playing a game. We're talking about a quarterback in his eighth season in the NFL. We're talking about the runner-up for the NFL MVP <laughs> award. You know, and that was another thing that we talked to Emmett about. You know, how are they a 12-win team mm-hmm. if they should be firing their coach, if the quarterback's not prepared for big games? Now, how do you get to 12 wins? And for that, he told us they have a lot of talent. So, like, and talent yeah. will win you a lot of regular season games. And, you know, it will get you – kind of far and and he believes they have a talented roster but he's you know there's there's more than just talent it's got to be shoulders up you know you got to be a smarter team. i mean we have had different opinions on that remember mike lombardi former nfl uh gm said that they're playing over their talent level and the players really are not that talented i lean i kind of disagree with emmett i do think the roster is a bit incomplete i think there's reasons that i don't think it's just sort of choking I do think they're vulnerable against the run. I mean, that's that's one of their big things, and I don't think they're the best coach team. I was going to say, going back to that Lions game, I thought Emmitt made a very interesting point because when he talked about the fact that they ran, they threw those three passes and then one was thrown out of bounds by Dak, he also mentioned that, look, we could talk about McCarthy all he wants, and clearly he's fine with talking about it. He said he would have fired him. But he said, when I played with Troy Aikman, yep. when you got a bad call, Troy Aikman would just do the right thing. He'd say, all right, that's a stupid call. I'm going to do something different. And he said the fact that Dak didn't even see the situation and say, hey, we shouldn't be throwing the ball three times in a row. I'm going to audible to our run play. I thought that was kind of telling, too. Well, what was the big thing about the Cowboys this year? And this comes back to both personnel and coaching. When Dak drops back, what is he looking for? There's only one player. It's been two years now. It's CeeDee Lamb or Bust. And we all know that about the Cowboys. So I think you could point to the personnel on that side. Because what ha- that's exactly why they melted down against Green Bay. Because they were forcing it into CeeDee Lamb. And they, when things got tight, there was no other option. Well, I think, listen, I think Emmett Smith, who joined us yeah. earlier and went absolutely scorched earth. I mean, everyone's picked up this interview. Yeah. ESPN, Yahoo, Post, everywhere. It's all over. And rightfully so. I think he's just being critical of the game situation. Yeah. You know, listen, are the Dallas Cowboys the most talented roster in the league? No. Do they have enough talent? Yes. They have enough talent to win a Super Bowl. Mm. I believe that. And I, I don't. They certainly had enough talent to beat the Green Bay Packers that day at home when they were a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. It was situational football. Um, 
and awareness. You know, yeah. I, I think he's talking about other things rather than the talent. I, I, I've said this, and I'm still remaining with it. When you put that star in the helmet, people become stars immediately, regardless of their play. You don't think Micah Parsons is worth it? Yes, of course, Micah Parsons is awesome, but there's 22 starting players. For example, I think Deron Bland who is quote-unquote defensive player of the year, he showed, uh, we, sh- we learned that he's very vulnerable at quarterback, and they lost Diggs. So that well, he unit- didn't win it. <laughs> Miles Garrett won well, it. Well, I know. I, he, I was was a, saying, he was Durant a front-runner at one point. He was a front-runner at one point. Then we learned that dude can't cover. Yeah, uh, He should not be exposed. a cornerback one. The linebackers had injuries. There, there's just a lot of problems. You could run. They drafted Mozzie Smith to help plug up the run, and it didn't work. Uh, you saw the Buffalo game. So I think people learned where the holes were. Uh, more from Emmett Smith, who went scorched earth on the Dallas Cowboys on our show, uh, talking about, okay, well, he would have fired Mike McCarthy, he said, for how poorly the team played against the Packers and other things. But what about Bill Belichick as a future head coach of the Cowboys? Jerry can't work with Belichick. Come on, man, quit fooling yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry couldn't even work with, 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 with Jimmy at the time. I mean, but I believe, but I say that being very facetious. Jerry can work with almost anybody. He can. He can. But I just cannot see Belichick coming in and being the coach that the Cowboys need. Okay, so jokes about it, says, you know, quit fooling yourself. Then says he's being facetious, but no, really, I don't see Bill coming to coach this team. Yeah, and the second Emmett said that, it clicked in my head. Like, yeah, we convinced ourselves that Belichick would work there, but those are two gigantic personalities. I think Emmett knows that. Well, and... The, re- the reason why we thought is, like, well, Bill Parcells did it. That means Belichick can do it, and I don't think that this is a one-for-one. One. I mean, I, they are well, they coach together, but they're also different people. But look what happened after Bill Parcells. He brought yeah. in Bill Parcells, then he went with Champ Gailey. Uh, Champ, Chan Gailey. Chan Gailey. Uh, obviously, Jason Garrett. He said, enough of these guys. I'm yeah. never doing another Dave guy Campo, like that again. Right? Dave Campo and Mike McCarthy to some extent, because Mike McCarthy wasn't exactly a hot ticket when he got him. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. So uh, there you had it. You know, listen, you could hear the sadness in Tony Pollard's demeanor. I mean, it's one of the tough things about doing this job is obviously the people, the current players who are here on Radio Row, for the most part, you know, their season's ended in, yeah. in a tragic yeah. kind of way, yeah. you know, because Brandon Ayuk's not wandering around <laughs> no, no, here. There's yeah. no Chiefs or 49ers here yeah. to say, yeah, go congrats on the Super Bowl. It's usually, wow, sorry about that. Like Miles Garrett. So how, how did CJ Stroud yeah. pick you guys apart? You know, it, you're Tra- generally talking about a, a bad ending. Tragic might be a little strong. I'm sorry. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that Disappointing. Means there are 31 teams with a tragic ending to the season. <laughs> Uh, 855-212-4CBS. Okay, lots more to do. Perloff and I will give you our final top five moments we've had in Las Vegas this week. So that's coming up. Also, if you are interested in betting this game, Billy Walters is a legendary pro sports better. In 2015, ESPN said that he is the most successful sports better of all time. He gives his pick for the first time ever, and he does it on our show. He will pick the Super Bowl. You will hear that next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Perloff, you and I, what are we about? I don't know. What are we about? Finding an edge. That's why. Finding an edge, (laughs) differentiating ourselves from everyone else. Yes, check the notes. The way we do that is we talk to people smarter than us about getting that edge. And Billy Walters is here on our set. 
At one point, ESPN coined you the world's most successful sports better. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, Meg. It's, it's good to be here. You have a book, Gambler, Secrets from a Life at Risk. And boy, has it been a long and um, eventful life that you've had, Billy, and we'll get to that. But as the world's most successful sports better, how do you see the Super Bowl? Uh, I've never made a public pick before and I uh, agreed to do so today because for a couple of reasons. It's in Las Vegas and, uh, and I made a commitment to do that when I wrote the book. Uh, I like Kansas City and, uh, and I'll try to keep it simple and I'll kind of share with you my thoughts and insights. Uh, to me, I don't think anybody would debate the fact that Kansas City's got the best quarterback. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they undoubtedly have the best overall coaching. Uh, you could give Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid, you could say they're tit for tat. Defensive coordinator, to me, it's like comparing, you know, night to day. You've got a first-year guy who's done a mediocre job for San Francisco with the same players they had last year. And I think, if not the best defensive coordinator in, in the NFL, one of the best in Kansas City's uh, defensive coordinator. They have by far the best kicker. you got a rookie kicker who's been shaky during the regular season. you got one of the best kickers in the entire NFL kicking for Kansas City. Kansas City has the best overall defense. Uh, San Francisco, uh, they got the best overall offensive team with the exception of quarterback. To me, in games like this, whatever it is during the normal season, it gets magnified in playoff games, especially the Super Bowl. In this game here, you've got a, you've got a veteran quarterback who's in, his, in the middle of his prime with Buku's experience, and you've got basically a second-year rookie who's never played in a game like this in his entire life. You know, I gotta be honest, Billy, we've talked to a couple other yeah. betters. You're the first person who brought up the kicker, and it's yeah. such a good point because yeah. Moody has been a disaster yeah. and a total adventure. Yeah. And meanwhile, Harrison Bucker is one yeah. of the most clutch kickers yeah. in the league. Perloff, this is the first time we yeah. heard that. Yeah. yeah, well, like I say, during the regular season, if this were a regular season game and we had the same situation, uh, I probably wouldn't even be betting this game because of where the line's at. I made the line in a game, I made Kansas City two and a quarter, two and a half point favorite. You know, they have San Francisco, two, two and a half. Uh, it, it's going to be a smaller bet for me. It's not a real large bet. Uh, what does that mean for you? Because uh, I'm going to bet a half million bucks on the game. Oh, and, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so is Perloff. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with yeah. Billy Walters. Let me reintroduce you. Uh, you are one of the most famous uh, sports bettors in the entire world. You have a new book out. It's called Gambler Secrets from a, Li a Life at Risk. And this is the first time you're really sharing a lot of this publicly. Half a million dollars, that's a small bet for you. What's a big bet for you? Biggest bet I ever made in the Super Bowl, I bet $4.5 million on New Orleans when they played the Colts. Wow. And the, my bets are all determined based upon, you know, uh, I do a I do a prediction on the game myself. I make a line, just like the odds makers do. The larger the differential between the number I make and the number they make, the larger bet I make. If there isn't enough of a differential, I don't bet at all. It's the total in this game, I'm not betting the total. The line they made on the total, I'm within a quarter of a point where they're at. I'm not betting the game. You know, to me, there has to be a certain amount of value uh, or I can't bet because you have to lay 11 to, to win 10. So this game here, in all points, as you noted in the book, points have a different value. Okay, you know, one is worth like 2.75%, two is worth like 2.5%. Okay, so we're dealing with numbers here that they don't fall on very often. Okay, so... Uh, 
the differential between my pick and their pick is around four, four and a quarter points. Well, you got across zero, so you deduct one. Now you're down to three and three quarter points, and then you do the values. What's one worth? What's two worth? And and what's half a two worth? Well, it comes out. I got about a six percent edge. Okay, and uh, that's a, and if I don't have a minimum of six percent, I don't make a bet. In the New Orleans game, uh, I had I felt like I had north of a 20% advantage. Oh, wow. That's the reason I made such a large bet. You knew that Sean Payton was yes. going to do that onside well, kick coming yeah. out of halftime. Yeah, yeah. Billy, do they, uh, the casinos ever approach you and ask you to set the line? Have you ever been an <laughs> odds-maker? No, no. What I do uh, is uh, uh, casinos, <clears throat> I want a lot of money betting with casinos on sports. And some of the casinos uh, I have good working relationships with. I bet them directly. You know, they take my information, they move their line, and, okay. and and they try to use that information to force people on the other side. Some casinos have taken the position, they, they won't let me bet with them. Uh, I can't bet with them. So there's there's uh, some, some, I, some I can bet with, some I can't bet with. Billy uh, Walters is our guest. His book, Gambler, Secrets from a Life at Risk. It's a fascinating life. Uh, last one from me, Billy, and thanks for the time. Have you ever felt like you were betting on something that wasn't on the level? We... You know, we talked about why the NFL did come to Las Vegas for a long time was mm. because they were worried about gambling infiltrating sports. Mm. Um, the Supreme Court and some other courts mm. changed a lot of that, uh, opened up sports betting to all across the country. Now the NFL and all sports are really cashing in. Have you ever felt like, all right, something's not right here? Sure, 100 percent. Years ago, I disclosed a point-fixing scandal, scandal at Arizona State University. It was a, oh, a basketball yeah. scandal. Yep. And we were the ones that made, made gaming aware of that, law enforcement aware of that, and that's how they uncovered it. If you're a sports better or you're a sports book, the most important thing in the world is the integrity of sports. The good news now is it's totally transparent. Anybody who's betting, they know who you are, they know your background. But I can tell you something else, Maggie, with sports. It's not like the New York stock market. It's, it's a much smaller market. Right. When you see an abnormal amount of money being bet on a game and a game moves a lot more than it should, guys such as myself, people in the industry, they know exactly who made those bets. And if it's someone who's out of the ordinary, first thing goes is, is a red flag goes up. And then you watch the you watch the results of the outcome of it, and that's what happened at Arizona State. Uh, some guys came to town years ago. Uh, they bet all the sports books in town. They didn't care about a number. The line moved seven or eight points. I bet on the other side of it because I thought there was value there. Uh, they lost a bet by 20 points. They came back to the t town the, the next week, uh, the next game. They did the same thing. I didn't bet the next game. And then I taped, I taped the game, and then it was clear what was going on. And then we contacted Game and Control here in town, and uh, they looked into it. And then eventually, you know, uh, they uncovered the fact of what it was and cleaned it up. But people think there's a script now, quote unquote. No, I don't know. There's no, no, there, there's no scripts. I mean, there, you got conspiracy theorists everywhere. I can tell you this: sports betting as a whole is a thousand times cleaner than 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 Wall Street or the New York Stock Exchange. Mm. Yep. Thousand times cleaner. It's it's a lot more transparent. Uh, everything about it's better. And and with all due respect, the SEC does a great job in placing. Uh, that, but it's just so big. It's, it, sports betting, frankly, is in a fishbowl compared to public markets. Wow. Uh, yeah, actually, that's a, a low bar when you're talking about the stock market. But, yeah, mm. uh, thanks, Billy. I, I'm really excited now. I have the Chiefs and the under against uh, Maggie. Well, well, I went 57% of the time, so that means I lose 43. So uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what this, I'll tell you what this uh, 
this information is worth is worth what I'm charging you for. So, <laughs> anyway, good luck to Billy you. Billy Walters, well, the, the book is the book. called yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gambler, Secrets from a Life at Risk. And again, it's been a heck of a life, Billy, really. Thank, uh, you. thank you so much for joining thank us. You. Thank you for the sure time. Sure, nice meeting you. Enjoyed being here. Thank you, Perloff. Okay, Perloff, it has been an amazing week here. Yep. Um, and we wanted to put this together in a nice, tidy, top five Maggie and Perloff moments from Las Vegas. Yep, hard to contain the five, but let's do it. All right, let's hit it. Number five on the list, Perloff, the pawn shop. Oh, that place was so cool. The Golden Silver Pawn Shop, world famous from the TV show Pawn Stars. Perloff and I went there with $20 each. They laughed in our faces when we told them how little money we had to spend there. But we ended up finding these amazing Elvis memorabilia, uh, a plate, and another music box that you have since broken. A little confusion because there was this gigantic anime sword. (laughs) And I said, how does it light on fire? And they said that it's a post-production effect. I still don't totally understand what was going on. The top five moments in Vegas for the Maggie and Perloff show. Number four, Perloff. Oh, this, I'm sorry to say this because you didn't get to go. Piero's Italian Restaurant, an Italian restaurant where they filmed the movie Casino. EJ and I went... Put on 27 pounds a piece. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I had the veal chopped parm. It's the best veal chopped parm I've ever had. EJ, your favorite dish? Oh, the ravioli. That spinach ravioli was just divine. You know I ate three cannolis. And Maggie, you, I never eat dessert. You, I've never seen you eat a sweet since we've been friends for the last 15 years. Unbelievable. Uh, and then Zach Gelb was there, and he confused rice pudding and creme brulee. <laughs> yes, you guys were sweating marinara out the next day, and it was a food hangover. Okay, number three on the list. This is something that sneaks into the top five that EJ and I witnessed this morning. We're walking to the set at 2.15 a.m. in Las Vegas, and a woman had just won $11,000 from a slot machine. It was like a party going on in the middle of the night, and she was screaming and excited it it got into the top five Perloff you missed it yeah uh this is what dreams are made of in Vegas incredible uh I wish I'm a little jealous though not of you guys of the woman who won eleven thousand dollars <laughs> like <laughs> I've dreamed of doing that there were security guards around like mm. that oh, yeah. oh they just came out of nowhere uh to surround this woman and help her out okay number two on the list Okay, number two. We have not talked about this yet on the show. We're talk- counting yeah. down the top five moments of Maggie and Perloff in Vegas this week. So you're in Vegas. you got to go to a wedding chapel, and it has to be an Elvis Presley theme. And we did that, and it was unbelievable. It is going out on our social medias now. Perloff and I attended a Elvis-themed wedding at the Little Vegas Chapel. It was Scott and Michelle renewing their vows. They had family and friends there, and then... Me and you sitting in the back. <laughs> oh, my God. I've never heard more Elvis dad jokes in my life. <laughs> I was, And it was an emotional ceremony. I cried. Yep. But just then I, I laughed. I cried. <laughs> I laughed when he worked in all shook up into every vow. <laughs> <laughs> Please, you vow never to step on her blue suede shoes. It was great. It was totally worth it. It was amazing. Okay, the number one moment. Maggie and Perloff, our week in Las Vegas... The WWE press conference we went to yesterday. (laughs) What in the world did we see? Now, all of a sudden, it was The Rock, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and Cody Rhodes all on stage. And we watched Dwayne The Rock Johnson slap Cody Rhodes in the face. We were 10 feet away. I I thought it was going to be a press conference like the NFL press conference. Like like somebody asking uh, Kyle Shanahan, how do you stop Travis Kelsey? It was not that at all. (laughs) 
I'm, and I think the NFL needs to borrow for that. This is the most exciting press conference I've ever been to in my life. It was like a WWE event. I felt yeah. like I went to an event. It was all that was missing was the fighting, but then fighting broke out. Yeah. I've asked EJ 14 times, what's going on here? Why are people suddenly booing The Rock? I thought everyone, yeah. I thought we were, as a society, conditioned to love The Rock. There's a lot going on. Of course, it all ties into our big bet. Yeah. Which is, uh, well, it's already been lost. Yeah, EJ yeah. and I have to wear singlets to WrestleMania in early April to yes. pay off our bet that we lost to you. Uh, I think press conference. I think Sal Palantonio raising his hand and asking a <laughs> question. Not a nine-year-old screaming profanities at the stage. <laughs> I've never seen kids that young screaming curse words that loud. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. very unique situation. And meanwhile, me and Maggie are both whispering in EJ's ear, like, okay, explain this plot yeah, line. Who's is that? It? But I got to tell you, I'm all in right now. <laughs> April 6th, uh, whatever they were trying to achieve, they did, because I've never been more excited for an event. Yeah, wild. Okay, top five moments. Maggie and Perloff in Vegas, going to the Golden Silver Pawn Shop, going to Piero's uh, Italian Restaurant, a woman won $11,000 from a slot machine as we were walking through the casino. We attended an Elvis-themed wedding, yep. and we saw The Rock smack Cody Rhodes 10 feet away from where we were sitting. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we did some uh, one-on-ones, which were exciting as well. Yeah, I got some one-on-ones, too, with some of the WWE superstars. Uh, yeah, one of them grabbed EJ's bicep. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, Becky Lynch, the man. And she was, because I was told her I was concerned about this singlet bet. Yeah. I'm like, look, it's only a couple months away. I've been eating, you know, you know, strip scampi and all that stuff from <laughs> From Pierre, I was like, "How am I gonna do?" She's like, "Oh, you're gonna be great. Look at those biceps you're doing." She has an Irish accent, of course, so she was like, "You're gonna be fine. Look at that. You'll be great. Do a couple burpees. You'll be ready to go." So, and all of a sudden, she was feeling up EJ. We were like, "All right, we gotta go." <laughs> did, did you know why that woman came up and the gigantic words "the man" came about? I still obviously there's a joke I'm not in on. Oh no, she's the man. That's yeah. her. That's her. Her moniker. like persona, her nickname. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's oh, her okay. thing. There's yeah. a, it's nothing. Nothing else going on. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Well. <laughs> I think she's. It's just a bit. Okay. I I have some catch-up to do. I have some homework to do. No, you, uh, have, you got Peacock, right? You did all the NFL games. They, all, everything's on there. Perloff's what we call a mark. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Is Andrew Bogish in the house? Yeah, of course. Always. What would you think of our top five? Um, I was a little sad that two of them were separate events, right? Um, you know, the, the Piero's trip still is the headline. What we, what we take back from mm-hmm. this trip, that there was so much time between Perloff and EJ minus Maggie. That's yeah. a storyline no. to follow as show connections either grow deeper or maybe fray a little bit. Okay. Well, can I add on top of that? Not only did Perloff and EJ, I didn't put on the top five list. This was at a bottom five. Go to one of my favorite restaurants without me. Yeah. Go to the Vegas Knights game without me mm-hmm. as if that was bad enough. And then I find out that Perloff has been cropping me out of the photos yeah. that we've been taking <laughs> with the celebrities and the <laughs> professional athletes yep. here at Radio Row. Yep. Well, hey. I think I know where I stand. Wait, I got to shoot myself some bail here. Piero, that was a Maggie decision. Okay. Listen, yeah, yeah. That was, we, we, she was invited. Everybody, everybody was invited. No, no, Whole best CBS. friends. I'm talking about the day before. No, you I know. You guys were like, I'm no, going but, to dinner. No one told me you were going to my favorite no, restaurant. No, oh, no, that when we indicated. But Bogus is trying to add another charge. Yeah, oh, no. no, they're all you connected. No, you can't <laughs> add this. I'm not taking this charge. No. Okay, this, so the other three stand there. <laughs> no, this one has to be dismissed. <laughs> I'll, I'll fight the other three, but this one should be dismissed on, on just on merit. Wait, but Bogus, we did give you a gift there. If you were feeling any jealousy of anything we got to do this weekend, how jealous Pete Bellotti will be of our WWE press conference has to give you joy. Uh, it will eventually. Well, yes. I, I'll, give also, you, I'll give you some catnip for that, too, because we had a, a friend who was at the 
event. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a certain oh uh, coworker, coworker who's up front uh, holding a microphone in everybody's face. Yes, uh, Bogish, please make sure that you alert Pete that Peter Schwartz was also at I the can't, press conference. I can't. Uh, Pete and I, unlike Maggie, you and DJ and Perloff, we've actually bonded back here this week. Oh. Oh. So uh, I've, I'm actually not going to play the Peter Schwartz card. I think it would be too tough. Bilotti's well aware of the Schwartz presence in Vegas. I don't okay. need to add on any specifics <laughs> like this. Can I tell you what, Schwartz Sorry, presence. one side note about that. Did you, anyone notice Tom Rinaldi was a row behind us? Yes. What was that about? Tom Rinaldi was there. I wanted to be like, why, Tom? If Rinaldi <laughs> likes wrestling, I'm never do. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> That'd be oh, such an come upset. On. Oh, I come mean, on. Yeah, you Rinaldi have... is like the guy who does all the really tearful stories on Fox and did it for uh, ESPN for such a long yeah, time. Yeah, you can't do the slow piano music, cry, and then have Seth Rollins come out <laughs> and yell at people. <laughs> uh, it was fun. Hey, Bogish, I don't know if you can see us on the live stream here. They dropped off some of these massive novelty yeah. hats. Yeah. Would you like us to bring one of these back for you? Um, I mean, it's I, Chiefs and 49ers. I don't think they have any Giants ones hanging around, but we can check. Bogus is like, immediately thinking, can I give this to my kid, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, my first thought was, how would you get that home based on your luggage conversations already this yeah, week? That's true. Uh, but I'll take a Niners one, sure. All right. We'll see if I can shove this in. Well, you know what we'll do? Let's give it to Samter and yeah. Zach. Yeah. And be like, hey, Bogus, we forgot it. Can yeah. can you grab this for Bogus? Why, why do you want the Niners one? Because uh, my kid's wearing a Brock Purdy jersey at school right now. So What? Your Whoa. kid dropped off the Josh Allen bandwagon and now he's Purdy? No, he has a, he has a wide array of jerseys. Okay. Uh, he's a Bills fan, but he has a Brock Purdy jersey in the closet that got pulled out for today. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, no. He, this is you. Not, not this guilty. is something you would do, probably I mean, you bandwagoner. There was a good chance. What if Brock Purdy had faced Josh Allen in the Super Bowl? Josh Allen, hundred percent. Yeah, don't thing. don't make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I know Perloff was just setting that up. I was just saying wild a, hypothetical. <laughs> right. Yeah. He'll never yeah. have to make that decision. Yeah, but if he had you. to, he'd go. Josh are there, is there any Kelly Green? Are there any Eagles jerseys in no, your son's are, closet? There are a few rules: no Eagles, no Yankees, no Islanders, no Devils. No, what about well, Cowboys? Uh, no Cowboys. No NFC East teams. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say no NL East teams. And no Islanders, no Devils. I would even put up with a Jets jersey. If you want to like throw a Sauce Gardner jersey on, no big deal. But no Eagles, no Cowboys, well, no Commanders. The Jets, you just feel bad. Exactly. You know? It's just like it's a pity thing. Um, do we have time for some headlines? Let's do it. Uh, if you've watched an NFL game on CBS recently, you are well aware that a new show called Tracker debuts after the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. It stars Justin Hartley, who played Mandy Moore on This Is Us, to further promote Tracker. Hartley presented an award last night at NFL Honors. And the AP Coach of the Year by Verizon is... Stephen Stefanski. Kevin <laughs> Stefanski, sorry. Yeah, got that one. It's like the Oscars or something. Uh, it's also like the Browns left Kevin home from Vegas, much like you guys <laughs> yeah. did to me and Pete, because Kevin was not there last night to accept the award. Oh, get out. Which, okay, would would he be a two-time coach of the year if his name was Steve Stefanski? <laughs> I don't think he'd be a coach if his name was Steve Stefanski. Um, Justin, Justin, people say I look like Justin Hartley a lot. So, Perloff, uh, other things that are true, uh, you, you asked how close this vote was, and it actually was a tie. Stefanski and D'Amico Ryans had the same point total, but oh. Stefanski had one more first-place vote, and that's why he wins Coach of the I Year. I thought you were going to say, does it go to strength of schedule? <laughs> <laughs> Going on conference record? Uh, Tiebreakers? D'Amico would have been easier to remember than Kevin. 
<laughs> what else we got, Bug? Uh, MVP runaway for Lamar Jackson at 27 years old. He's the youngest two-time winner ever, beating Patrick Mahomes by nine months. And Steeler D lineman Cam Hayward's the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Dwight Freeney, Julius Peppers, Patrick Willis, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson headed to Canton. And outside of Vegas, the Bears a while ago hired Shane Waldron as offensive coordinator. He goes to Chicago from Seattle, where he worked this season with rookie wideout Jackson Smith in Jigba. JSN was on a Bears podcast this week on Radio Row. Bears fans are super interested about the offensive coordinator coming in, Shane Waldron. What can you tell them about who they just hired to, to uh, try to get this offense where it needs to go? Um, uh, oh. this, is, this is live? Yeah. <laughs> We're not live. We're not live. I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> uh, good luck to y'all. I mean, he, he's a he's a great person, great offensive coordinator. I was very lucky to have him my first year. Learned a lot from him. Uh, the visual yeah. is even sure. better because Jackson Smith and Jigba is looking for all exits. Yeah. <laughs> I think when that guy ripped one at the Knicks post game, that was less awkward than that answer. <laughs> Someone farting in the locker room was better than the pregnant pause that yeah, yeah. JSN took and asked, is this live? <laughs> it's never a good question. No. I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but when my team hires a coach, the first thing I don't want to hear is, well, He's a good person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he said good, good luck to good y'all. Luck good to luck, y'all. luck to y'all. Yeah, yeah. Even now, if it's Steven Stefanski. <laughs> <laughs> to get very specific, Shane Waldron was a bartender in bars in Boston when my wife went to BU. So I've known of his existence <laughs> for a long time. Oh. He then became a Patriot. Even at that time, he might have been doing something random for the Patriots. So it still blows my mind that that guy is one step away from being an NFL head coach. Wait, now. did did he hook up with your wife? That's the not, vibe I'm getting here. Uh, I not my wife involved with shit with that. Oh, okay, but yeah, yeah. Usually, the when you know the bartender's name, yeah, somebody, somebody, somebody. went home with him. Yeah, not he's Mrs. Bogish though. He's she's a very, above that. he's a very good person. I hear. <laughs> good luck <laughs> Is to y'all. Live? <laughs> good luck. Good luck to whoever ended up waking up next to the Shay Walton back in Boston. <laughs> Where is that woman? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Man. And maybe she's upset that she missed out on being a uh, wife of an offensive coordinator. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. She could have married Steven Stefanski. <laughs> <laughs> Any Stefanski. What could have been? Um, on that note, should we be done? Did we share too much? Do you want NBA scores? Dealer's choice, guys. Um, uh, um, we got to make some picks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But we miss you both. But if any, if any of those scores involve someone farting, then we'll take <laughs> it. If it's just regular scores. Maybe uh, a figurative fart because Doc Rivers and the Bucks are one and five now. They lost oh, again oh last gosh. night. The people still bet on whoever they're playing moving forward. <laughs> Whatever. We we can't wait to see you again, but we are mad at you that you're making us bring this stupid big Niners I novelty offered. hat back. I offered. What a jerk. We're gonna put this. We're gonna we're gonna saddle this with Gelb. Um, <laughs> it's not getting back here then. <laughs> okay, thank you. We'll see if this will fit in a suitcase. Thank you so much uh, for everything this week, really and always. Uh, coming up. All right, this is down to the wire here. The Maggie and Perloff season long NFL picks has come down to the final game, and it's gonna take. A perfect week from me to unseat Perloff. Bum, bum, Can I do it? We'll find out soon. We're going to make our picks next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Maggie and Perloff's NFL Picks. All right, well, this is it. We've come down to the final game, and boy, everything's on the line. Yeah, everything's on the line. I just want to get a rule out first. So we do, every week we do a over-under game pick and a prop. Now, Taylor Swift props, I've read multiple places, are mostly illegal in the United States. I don't know why, but here are some Swifty props. Okay. Okay. Uh, obvious, how many times will she be shown on TV? It's set at six, according to this list I'm looking at. Will she make it to the Super Bowl in time for the kickoff? Uh, will she be wearing a Kelsey jersey? Mm. One that I really, I would definitely put money on. Will she be shown hugging Brittany Mahomes? She definitely will. <laughs> right? Brittany, now Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue for Brittany Mahomes. Yeah. Okay, Pearl, if we got to get to our actual picks here. Uh, here are the records. Perloff is ahead. His record, 32-31. and 31. My record, 30 and 33. Ooh. So Perloff is leading me by two games, and we pick three games. Unbelievable. This is the wild drama. how it's come down to this. You know, this. it happened exactly the same way last year. I came remember, down last game. and I lost. Okay, okay, so let's hit it off first. Start with your, who do you think that is going to win this game? Uh, I could give you all sorts of analytics, X's and O's, but Billy Walters, the greatest sports gambler of all time, picked the Chiefs. Yeah. I'm going on the Chiefs. Give me the points. I know all the public money is coming in on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but I I believe in this recency bias and momentum. They've just been the better team in the playoffs. Still don't understand why they're the two-point underdogs, and I'm just going to go with what I see, Kansas City. Okay, well, you've left me no choice. I have to go against you, Billy Walters, Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, every expert who's come on the show has Which, picked the Chiefs. But I've got to win this contest between you and me, so I must take San Francisco and lay the two. But I, I, often, I feel okay about yeah, it. Yeah, no, by the way, often when all the experts go one way, it often goes the other way. But here's the thing, the rub. I what know. happens if San Francisco wins? That means I have to wear the Brock Purdy T-shirt yes. for a month. Oh, <laughs> this my is gosh. From Eric in Portland, send it in. So, yeah. okay, Perloff has Kansas City uh, plus the two. I have San Francisco, and I'm laying the two. Okay. The total. total. 47 and a half. I know where you, you've been all week. I Both of us have been leaning under. But I, I'm starting to think, because of the way the Niners have been playing, mm. that they're going over. And I've actually been picking the Niners to go over throughout um, at least last week against the Lions. So you're switching your pick. Yes, because logic says that both teams want to win this game on the ground. But I feel like uh, Purdy might have a mistake in him that early, and then San Francisco can roar back with that great offense. I'm going over 47 and a half. I love this. Thank you, because I will take the under. I will happily take the yeah. under in this game. I mean, Kansas City's defense is dynamite. Um, and I think the offense, 
is going to do just enough. I mean, they move the ball, but the San Francisco 49ers have trouble in the red zone. Kansas City has trouble in the red zone. Yep. They both do. So I'd gladly take the under a 47 and a half. You know what I'm thinking? You know what's stuck in my head? What's Second that? half of last year's Super Bowl when Kansas City said, you know what? We're going to score in every play. Okay. Uh, my prop, mm, this was tough. I love Travis Kelsey. It's the most popular prop in the country right now. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that everyone knows it's going to Travis Kelsey Maybe San Francisco comes up with a plan. I'm going to go with Brock Purdy over 12 and a half rushing yards as my prop. Um, he had a great rushing game last week. During the season, he rarely ran because they were up by so much. I think it's going to be a really close game. We know he has the wheels. We know he's going to sell out. So over 12 and a half rushing yards, Brock Purdy. Okay, I'm also going to go for a rushing prop, but I'm going to hit the other side of this. Isaiah Pacheco, 67 and a half. San Francisco is a team you can yep. run out. Now, obviously, San Francisco knows that's their deficiency. How are they going to game plan against it? And what does Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wilkes have up their sleeve? But Pacheco is the workhorse yep. here. I mean, you can't even going to Clyde's, Clyde Edwards Alaire is an adventure. It, yeah. You're just not going to, it's not going to happen. So Pacheco is going to get the carries yep. and get some dirty yards. They're going to keep handing the ball. And I think it's going to be a close game. So I like Pacheco over 67 and a half rushing yards. That will be my prop. Yeah. Are, you, are we both going to regret not going with the obvious one with Travis Kelsey? Because that guy always shows up in the playoffs. So Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown is minus 115. That's not crazy. As opposed to like a Christian McCaffrey, anytime touchdown is minus 235. Like there's just no value there. Oh, boy. Travis is not bad, but I'm staying away. Uh, real quick, as far as matchups go for Super Bowl, this is pretty awesome, right? It's great. I mean, we talked about our favorite all-time Super Bowls earlier this yeah. week, but this one this one has a chance. I don't want to build it up too much, but, I mean, it just feels like this this is a good Styles Make Fights situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we did earlier greatest endings. Hopefully this will be one of them. Okay. Thank yous. Wow. I mean, this week in Vegas has been amazing and not easy because we are a morning show, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, which means yeah. 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. when we are – in Pacific time. So both boots on the ground here in Vegas and obviously everyone back in New York. So allow us to do some thank yous. Of course, our one and only EJ Stewart, Ryan Botcher, Andrew Bogish, Andrew Kaplan, Pete Bellotti, Pat Boyle, Anthony Pierno, Manny Rodriguez, Carlos Ortiz, Jack Cardi, Billy Jacalone, Frank Lewis, Justin Tucker, JT, Bobby Dotson, Dan Silverman, Jeremy Knight, Gary Williams, and to our bosses, Dave Marinick, Spike Eskin, Chris Olivero. Thank you for giving us this opportunity, yeah. Jeff Satellano. We appreciate you so much to our audience, the Weedos and coffee drinkers. Enjoy. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.